Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Mike Claiborne here at the ballpark today as the Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds will get it on one more time in this series, and uh, we'll talk a lot about that here in this hour. But before I go any further, I kind of feel like I've won the Powerball already because anytime I can share a microphone with Carol Daniel, it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good so day. So first of all, it's great to hear your voice. Secondly, I want to congratulate you on the new opportunity that's coming up uh, starting in May. And for those who have been under a rock or maybe were in the, in the space shuttle or something <laughs> in the space station, yes. did not know. Didn't hear. You, you, you are taking on a new venture, and I want to make sure everybody has a chance to get on the starting line and, and finish uh, strong and by having a chance to hear what you're going to be doing. Join this team. Please join this team. <laughs> we are recruiting. Uh, the new show, St. Louis Talks, debuts May 3rd, Monday, from 11 to 2. And, yes, 11 to 2 is the slot held for decades by Rush Limbaugh, who passed away. And our program director and our market manager decided to move and uh, go back to our roots, Claves, if you will, because our roots at KMOX uh, includes a hyper-focus, if you will, on the St. Louis region. Whatever St. Louisans in this region are talking about, concerned about, happy about, angry about, we want to talk about it. And Bo Matthews and Ryan Recker... And I, Carol Daniel, plan to do that starting May 3rd with our new show, St. Louis Talks. Whole lot of talking taking place. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. So am you too. have to promise me one thing. Though. I can, I can, I think. All right. I just want you to show up and have a good time. Just have fun. Well, and you need to promise me one thing. I'll do that if you will show up with us. Because we want you, your name came up many, many times. How often can we... I, I am here to serve at your pleasure and Ryan's <laughs> pleasure and Bo's pleasure. So you just you just holler, just Absolutely. open up the screen door and just shout my name and I'll just show up. So don't worry about that. We can talk. We can go back to yesteryear when we all had screen doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think we just dated ourselves we with did, that last but one. But that's so, okay. But that that's how you know what? I, I always look at age as a sign of survival. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're obviously doing well on that front. So, uh, you know what? I, maybe after the game today, I'll go find a screen door to either buy or go stand <laughs> in front of. I don't know. I want to say publicly that uh, for many years, we've known each other almost 30 years now. Uh, you have always been supportive of me when I was uh, a young cub reporter here. <laughs> and you're not that much older than me, but you were in this market before me. Uh, you and I saw each other on many occasions in, in, out in public at events and at restaurants, and you would always pull me aside, and you were always very encouraging. You, you always said to me, hang in there. You can do it. You're good at it. 
Uh, and so I, I just want to thank you for that because it really meant so much to me that, that someone that I respected, and even when I first met you, didn't even know, you know, someone like that who had the, the, the status that you already did in this, in this market, you know, was always so helpful and encouraging to me. So Carol, I, I thank you for that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited for you, though. Thank you. But uh, it's going to be great. All right, May 3rd. Yes. St. Louis Talks right here on KMOX. Yes, and, sir. Uh, can't wait for it. Yes, I'm looking sir. forward to it. You Thank just, you. Just have a great time with I will. it. My best to you and Bo and Ryan. I know you guys are going to have a lot of fun with this. Thank you so much. All right. What are you, wait a minute. What What are you doing here on a Sunday? What are you, can you practice in or something? <laughs> I know. Well, Brian Kelly needed some time off, and the news director said, who wants to work? And I raised my hand, and we made a, we made a little, you know, a I trade. Understand. We made a trade deal. I traded today, and then I am off this Friday to go to a wedding in Florida. <laughs> there you go. I knew there was some horse trading going you know on. You there was some Carol horse just trading. didn't roll out of bed on a Sunday morning to come in and, and, and do the oh. news, so I knew there had to be something behind it. I'm a so, nice person, but yes, I'm not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, have fun thank with you. the show. It's good to hear your voice, and can't wait for May 3rd. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Carol Daniel, everyone. All right, folks, we have a lot going on this morning, and uh, we're going to start this show off with Mike Schilt. The Mike Schilt Show is coming up here in just a bit, so we invite everybody to stand by. It's a good day in St. Louis. Our teams won yesterday, Blues and Cardinals, and we'll have a chance to talk with Mike Schilt, obviously. We'll talk with John Mozeliak. We'll visit with Cam Jansen, talk some hockey with him. Bob Nightingale is going to enlighten us on what's going on around Major League Baseball, and we're also going to visit with Brianna Halverson of St. Louis University, the women's soccer team, is back in the tournament, and they have their first game coming up later this week. So we'll have a chance to find out what's going on there as well. So everybody stick around. We've got a lot coming your way. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning. I'm Mike Claiborne. We're here at the ballpark, and we'll be back with more after this. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals' 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. It is the Mike Schilt Show, and joining us now is the Cardinal manager, Mike Schilt. Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing great, Clay. How about yourself, sir? I am fantastic because the weather there's not a cloud in the sky. There's no rain. It's going to get warmer. And I have to tell you this. When we had a two-hour and 20-minute rain delay, and then we have a two-hour and 33-minute baseball game, it was all worth it because we had a win. So what do you yeah, do in those situations when you have that much time on your hands? Uh, you don't know whether you're going to play or not. You have an idea. So what does a manager do in that situation? Yeah, we had an idea. Mo's really pretty good at um, – he's pretty clued in to having an idea of what the weather is. been doing it a long time. So he created some clarity, and it was it was uh, pretty much went as he scripted. But, um, yeah, as far as me, I just catch up on things. In this job, there's uh, no shortage of, of things to be done. So um, just allow me to catch up on some things. And, um, you know, I had a few conversations with people and was able to do a few things from a – just a paperwork standpoint and a planning standpoint. And then next thing you know, the game was here. And it was a good game. Um, as we mentioned, two hours and 33 minutes. But the best thing about it was you had a shutout. Uh, you had some guys really contribute, like like Andrew Kisner. And, and more importantly, John Gant, who I think, would you say, has been more of a tough luck pitcher? He's pitched well enough to have a better record. But yesterday it seemed like everything came together for him. 
Yeah, I couldn't disagree with that. He's missed some tight ball games. Um, you know, he ended up not getting the win, but the team got the win on the start against Miami um, where he dodged some traffic and made a lot of big pitches with some people on base. Um, they kept it to one run. And then uh, was in a one-run ball game uh, against Washington here at home. Um, but pitched really well yesterday. Again, in a tight game, one-run game, but on the good side of it. Um, and then went through six. We tacked on with a Kisner double and, and the bullpen Cabrera and Gio brought it home. Hey, you know, we're in the final week of the first month of the season. So give me your thoughts on your team and, and what's been a pleasant surprise. What do you want to be better at? And are you seeing any trends with regard to how the game is being played uh, around the league as, as far as what you've been able to face against as far as the opposition is concerned? Yeah, as far as our club goes, um, you know, we always want to get better as we go. Um, some of the inconsistencies that took place with us, um, and we're seeing them stabilize now. Of um, you know, when you have multiple inconsistencies defensively pitching, um, and a little bit offensively, which I'll get to in a second. Um, you know, it leads to inconsistent play, uh, inconsistent results, and uh, but I, I feel much better. Um, I knew our starting pitching would come around. Um, has, I mean, guys have been great last week, gotten quality starts, set their bullpen up to be in a little better shape and uh, not have to rely as many innings. And then um, our defense has had its moments, especially our outfield defense. Um, you know, younger players are going to have that um, to some degree. When you have multiple younger players out there, that's, um, you know, it's, it's part of it, part of the growth. But we do feel like we're making strides in that department as well. Um, Base running has been steady all year. A couple plays that, that haven't gone great, but as many um, pauses we had far outweigh the, the couple that haven't looked good. Um, really just one play, actually. So the base running has been, been really good, um, what we're used to. And then, um, you know, offensively is probably where I'm actually most pleased that, you know, is the most polarizing subject of our team, probably. But, you know, we, we've done, we've moved needles, we've done some things, we've scored, you know, yeah, we're going to have some games where we don't score as much. Um, just look around the league. I mean, you know, I, I had a, and I'll pull it up here in a second, read it to you. But, um, you know, I don't know the numbers. We've already scored, uh, you know, it feels like more runs that we've had. We scored five or more runs this year. And we, we almost did in the last year, you know. So, you know, there's always something to feel like you got something to maybe complain about. But Brian Bartow sent me this the other day. That the major league baseball's team batting average is 232 overall, and there have been 45 shutouts in the first 500 games, a pace far greater than the record season of 1915 dead ball era. Wow. So, yeah, 18 teams currently hitting under 240, 15 teams under 230. Um, you know, and I was on with my, I do a show with uh, MLB Radio on Sirius, and I was talking to, that group, and they're asking us about our offense, and I'm giving you a long answer, but I'll, I'll wrap it up for you, Clay. But, um, you know, they asked about our offense. So let me ask you a question. I said, you, you interview every manager in the league every week. They said, yeah. I said, you had the same conversation with most every manager in the league, and they just laughed. I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, But I've actually been pleased because we can track some of our numbers um, that are 10 and, and trending in the right direction collectively, offensively. And, and um, so I feel fairly good about that. 
Do you think um, – is there any one particular reason why you think offense has been down? Is it the pitching is just that far ahead of the hitters? And, you know, I'm one of those that looks at the season in different levels. Flag day is my day where I think we have enough data to really decide on who can do what. But it seems like this year the pitching has gotten off to a hotter start. We're seeing strikeouts at an, at an all-time high, and we're seeing a lot of things that these pitchers are able to do. Everybody's got more than two pitches these days, and it seems like they really have the upper hand right now. Yeah, you know, it's just, um, I mean, look, the game is, is uh, gravitated to be pitcher-friendly, and there's a lot of reason for it. The First of all, guys are, guys are throwing harder um, than they've ever thrown. Um, guys, um, you know, have a better understanding based on there's just real clarity about where your outs are for hitters, um, even more so than ever. I mean, used to have an idea, um, but now, I mean, we've dialed this game down to the science of it maybe too far, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, there's absolutely zero secret, not only on the player that's been in the league, but used to be when a player came into the league, there was a feeling out process. Um, and, you know, then word spread around the league about what the guy couldn't do. Guy shows up first day, steps in the batter's box in the big leagues. It's, they already know. They've, got, they've collected the data from, from AA, AAA. And, and um, so there's that. Um, there's, you know, guys spinning the baseball um, at, at a different rate with more, more um, secondary um, it's just later, nastier stuff. Um, however, it's happening. Then you got the shift. I mean, you know, same same point to the um, exp- uh, understanding how to hit. You know, pitch pitch guys in their spots. You know, there's there's no secret where uh, you can't say exactly where the ball's going. But it used to be the old fashioned draw on a chart, and I kept them for years. You know, where the guy hits the ball, and you kind of position it. Now it's it's even clearer where guys hit the baseball. And so people are more aggressive defending the turf. They're going to hit it in. And uh, so you got all those factors going for you. They, they've dejuiced the ball a little bit potentially. Um, and there's no data to support any of that yet, but I know they have, and um, maybe that has something to do with it. So you line all that up, and and then you also probably, not probably coupled with the fact, um, just talking in general, players coming up now are no longer monetized for bunting for hitting and running, for hitting behind a runner, they are compensated for their launch angle and their exit velocity, which can create holes and a lack of a potential understanding how to control the bat. So, therefore, more strikeouts, um, more understanding where those holes are, better stuff with the pitchers and when the contact's made, more uh, awareness of where they're going to hit it. So it doesn't lead to a lot of as much offense. You know, I'll throw one other item into that equation and that is the fact we have so many young players that are playing this game that are having to learn on the job and a lot of them didn't have a minor league season or any sort of activity last year and they've been thrown into the breach and uh, they're learning at a pretty difficult level and I, I think and we see it here with uh, with the young outfielders where they're trying to figure it out along the way and it could be a little bit of a challenge and I think we all have to take a deep breath and understand that a lot of these kids really didn't get much out of last season uh, if they did play. Some of them didn't even have that opportunity. So I, I think learning on the job at the major league level can also create some angst when it comes to offense. Yeah, offense, defense, you name it. It's part of it. It's a, it's a 
you know, they get here faster, um, which means they may not be as um, as prepared physically. They're they're super gifted. They've been, you know, the training that's taking place now at the amateur levels for some period of time is, has been more advanced than it has in the history of the game. Um, players are, are at a younger level um, training more than they did at, at younger ages historically. Uh, right or wrong, they are. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, there's more specialization in it. Um, which allows more physical um, capability, you know, to the point of guys throwing harder, um, guys, you know, exit velocities and so forth. Um, but it also maybe lends to, to not as much of the baseball side of it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different different reasons for it, but it, it's, it is what it is, and we, uh, we figure out how to make the best of it. That's Mike Schilt, Cardinal Manager. We are going to take a break. When we come back, certainly we'll have a chance to have our memorable play of the week. That's brought to you by Dolan Memory Care Homes, and we'll have a chance to talk about that along with a few other things with the Mike Schilt Show here on Your Voice for the Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On Your Voice for the Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back, everybody. It is now time for the memorable play of the week. It's sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes, where there's no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com for more information. All right, today, our well, it's, it's a pretty extensive one as far as our memory of the week, so let's hear what it's all about. The wind-up and the pitch. That's hit hard down the left field line, deep toward the pole, and it hits the foul pole. Home run for Paul DeYoung. one nothing Cardinals with two outs in the second inning. There's a ball hit to center field, and that's deep. And on the run is a center fielder, and he runs out of room. Big fly. Tommy Edmond, that ball carried deep to left center field, and the Cardinals hit their second home run of the game, and they lead 3 to nothing. Tommy Edmond hits his second of 2021. There's a swing, and there's a long one to left field. And backing up as a left fielder, and that's gone. Into the Cardinals' bullpen for Paul Goldschmidt. Back-to-back again for the Cardinals. They've done it three times on this road trip, and they lead 4-0. So it's DeYoung at the plate and the pitch. That ball is hit high. In the air to left field. It's back to the track. To the wall, slammer! Paul DeYoung has hit his second home run of the game. A big fly, Paul DeYoung, and the Cardinals tack on four more. The 3-2 delivery is on its way. Swung on and hit hard to center field. That's deep, and that's gone. Another Cardinal home run. A solo shot for Justin Williams, his second. And the Cardinals are pouring it on, 11-2. Five home runs on the night, Mike Schilt. Uh, we don't see that a great deal, but when you do, it is something you certainly pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. As um, you know, guys took good swings and good approach, and didn't try to do too much. Big, strong guys, and and you know that was fun, fun game. I, I think the one that really stood out was the Justin Williams home run, uh, opposite field home run. It was a, it was almost like a line drive. Uh, he's starting to figure it out that he can use the whole ballpark. Uh, he's not just a pull guy anymore, and he's seeing where he's got power to all fields, and it's starting to pay off for him. Yeah, he's a strong kid. You know, he's um, he's got a kind of a 
that kind of stroke that drives the ball through the middle the other way. And, and uh, man, that was a pretty swing that he put on that baseball and just drove it out on a line to, to left center. Pretty impressive swing for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about your ball club, the health of your team. Give us an update on how everybody's feeling. We've got some people that are on the way back. We, we activated, we saw yesterday with Tyler O'Neill getting some action, but what about some of the other players? Yeah, O'Neill's back, which is good to have him in the lineup, presence on both sides of the baseball. Um, Harrison saw him yesterday. Um, the alternate site was ringed out. He came in and got some swings in, so caught up with him, and um, he's at a point now where he can take um, live at bats. And, you know, the one good news about not having a minor league season for him, at least at the moment, is he can go over that alternate side and just when they have at bats, he, he can just get as many bats as he wants. He can seven, eight at bats, which accelerates his ability to come back. Um, so he's he's feeling good and excited about returning. Um, Miles has a couple innings a day in a sim game. He threw an inning um, about five days ago, four days ago, and is feeling well. Um, and so a lot of positivity in that regard. How do you, you know, we're going through a 17 games in a row stretch here. Um, how do you determine off days for a player? Is it matchups, days in a row, or if somebody's starting to warm up a little bit, you want to get them a, a, more of a look at them? Just communication. You know, it's just like for the regulars, um, you know, it's about uh, how they're feeling, what it looks like. Is there a matchup that makes more sense to give them a blow? Um, and so we're having those conversations. Um, you know, same thing with the bullpen. Just talk to us. How you feeling? I need a day. We'll give you a day. Um, don't need to push you. You know, we are trying to compete every day, but we're also looking at a, you know, we're always in a sprint, but we're in a sprint um, of a marathon, you know, so just communication, talking to guys, being how, trying to be ahead of it before they, you know, get get, um, you know, a little little um, beat up. So we try to stay keep keep them uh, on the front end of it. You know, one of the things we see in the game today, and you you know it firsthand, there there is so much information. I mean, just reams of information that you can pour through. And, and I wonder if we find ourselves in a position where we're reading more than watching the game itself uh, and how do you try and make sure you don't get caught up in that that situation where you, you trust your eyes more than maybe sometimes you go through information that you realize maybe it isn't as important because you're seeing something that's more factual well in this game it's becoming more of a challenge to do that to some degree um but you know we uh we look for the sweet spot of that we look for something that from an analytic standpoint we look something that um, is basically two things. We want it to be a simple, you know, all this information, dull it down to its simple terms and make sure it's actionable that actually allows that player or us to, to compete, whether it's um, make a decision during the game or whether it's um, positioning or anything like that. Just, is it simple? Is it actionable? And then we, um, it's a tool that we use and we, you know, it, it's an effective tool. Don't, I don't want to misrepresent that because um, it, it's very helpful to understand how, and quantify things, but then we we use it based on the um, what's taking place in the moment, and you know not everything's in a vacuum. You know, one of the things uh, we talk about this game being a team sport, and we always make it around the players, but it also has a lot to do with your staff, your coaches, and and the work that they put in. Walk me through, if you will, how their day works as far as when they get there and, and their responsibilities, other than being on the field doing the game. It's a, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know what people 
you know, really understand about what we do. And that, that's okay. I don't understand, you know, most everybody else's <laughs> job and what it takes. But, you know, some people think, oh, you know, you just, for example, you know, 7 o'clock game, people say, well, you know, anyway, we can get together in the afternoon, you know. Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and the staff, I mean, we have, we, we now can only get here based on COVID protocol six hours prior to the game, which quite candidly, especially the first game of a series, is really borderline not enough. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to tell because there's different ways that each of, you know, we have 12 coaches um, and they all have different ways they go about preparation. Um, but I can tell you this, man, they don't, they leave no stone unturned. And, um, I mean, right after the game's over, you know, if a ball gets to the infield or something happens and they go back and look at it, I mean, we spend time after the game looking at video and making sure it's a super dedicated group. Uh, Mike Maddox, our pitching coach, is going to come in the following day. He's going to watch the entire game over and fast forward. But he's going to watch everything that happened the previous night, and he's going to continue. This is the concept of best of getting better. He's going to continue to – and he's really good at helping establish the game plan, the pitchers, obviously, and, of course, Yachty and kids did a nice job yesterday in the shutout. But, you know, their job is to follow it and then go off script when necessary, to your point earlier. But um, it's it's a group that – you know, I, I can't even. It's a very business-like group. You know, it's they come in, they they take the information that's provided to them that we alluded to earlier. They talk with players, they set up the the um, individual and collective days for their for their groups, and um, there's not a lot of hanging around, wasted time taking place. We like hanging out with each other, but um, we don't we don't have a lot of free time to to just chew the fat, as they say. Um, and we meet every day um, as a staff and go over what we saw the night before and plan the day's um, schedule and that game, you know, make sure we're prepared for that game as well. Before we get out of here, two things. You mentioned the COVID protocols. Uh, some things have been relaxed with regard to being at 85%. Uh, how big of an impact has that been for you and your ball club? And what does it say about your ball club staying on the course and making sure you can get to this point? Yeah, you know, Claves, it's interesting because we were the team probably in all the sports most impacted by COVID last year. Unfortunately, overcame it. We've documented that. but um, And then we're the first sports team that's got the 85% threshold. Um, we're the only sport that really has it uh, that I'm aware of uh, as a possibility. The timing worked out in Ohio we, we, right before up the season for us to be able to, to get it and get to that threshold. You know, look, I can just tell you this: It's just nice to not have to wear a mask on the in the dugout. <laughs> um, it's just so nice, and it's, we've created some more freedoms. And you know, one thing about it, though, I want to be really clear about is, you know, we, we had guys that chose not to get vaccinated, and you know, I did. It's my personal decision for my personal health, um, but also very supportive of you know the fact that some guys chose not to, and and that's okay too. And it's their individual choices that should remain public, but or should not be public, remain private. So, um, but um, you know, we reach a threshold, and and it does create some freedoms for us, and uh, it's it's nice. Final question for you. You know, you've been at this all your life as far as managing and coaching, and I'm sure there's some things that you have paid attention to over the course of time. If we have managers and coaches who are listening to this show, whether it's little league, high school, college, you name it, 
what, what are the three things that you've been able to, to take with you everywhere you've been able to go? And we'll take the numbers element out of it because the numbers, yeah, as sure. we mentioned earlier, can, that, that can kind of overwhelm people. So what are those three things that you've been able to maintain? Well, the, the first one is just know why you coach. You know, why do you manage? Why do you coach? I ask myself that every question every year, and it refocuses me on why I do. I do it for, I do it for the players. You know, we're servants uh, as teachers, coaches. I think coaches are teachers. Um, you know, we're there to serve our players, grow our players, help them get the most out of their God-given ability. Uh, it's not about us. Um, the second one is, is you know, be comfortable with what you don't know. Be confident, but be confident in what you do know. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you get to a certain point sometimes, and, you know, when you're a younger coach, you feel like you kind of know it all, and, and sometimes you don't realize, at least I was, and you don't realize how much you really don't know until you're open-minded. So be open-minded, um, and then be a really active listener. Um, and An active listener with your ears, an active listener with your eyes, because, um, you know, actions speak louder than words, so really paying attention to what you see, um, and then listen um, and ask a ton of questions. Um, I can confidently tell you the reason I'm sitting in this chair is because I got into this organization realized I was not even close to the smartest guy in the organization. Um, the organization's been successful for a lot of years. There are a lot of amazing baseball people in it, and I just listened to them, and the only time I spoke was to ask questions um, or to confirm an answer. Um, so that's the three things, you know, serve people you're in charge of, be comfortable with what you don't know, listen and ask questions and, and, um, continue to, to, um, you know, try to get better to craft every day. All right, Mike, uh, before we get out of here, uh, final game of this series against the Reds, you're going for the sweep. What's your lineup look like for this afternoon? Uh, yeah, you know, so we're going with, uh, Eddie, um, playing second base, Carlson in center, Goldie, Arenado, DeYoung, Williams, O'Neal, Kiz behind the plate. Yachty's on the men, but behind the plate is Kiz today. And uh, we got Jack Party on the mound. All right, sounds like a winner. Mike, thank you for your time today. Have a great afternoon, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon. You're welcome. Always a privilege. Have a blessed day, uh, Clays. I'm going to work really hard at it. Trust me. Take care. He's Mike Schilt, Cardinal Manager. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Oh, yeah, St. Louis Blues, they were in action yesterday. And I got to tell you, I know most of you thought after those first three minutes, here we go again. But how about that game yesterday? We're going to talk with Cam Jansen, talk some hockey with him, and talk a little bit about his uh, great podcast. If you haven't heard it, folks, it's one of the more entertaining hockey podcasts you're going to run across. We'll talk with him about that, and we'll talk some Blues hockey as well. We'll do that when we come back. On your voice for the Cardinals, KMOX. Driven by the Bomberito Automotive Group. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. It is 1049 on a Sunday morning. This is Sports on a Sunday morning here on KMOX. We're going to talk a little hockey now with one of my favorite people who the only time I can actually get a kick out of him is when I listen to his podcast, Cam and Strick. You can get it on your wherever you find your podcast, and it is truly one of the most entertaining and informative hockey podcasts we have to listen to. And it's great to have him on KMOX this morning. Cam, how are you, man? What's up, big dog? Just remember, uh, don't have your children around when you're listening to in the car. <laughs> well, warning you know, I thought there would be a, like a warning disclaimer before you <laughs> would air it. So I'll leave that up to you. But it is it is fun. You have some great guests. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that you and Stricker have that up and for people to listen to. It is a, a good time to be had by most. Well, I appreciate that, my man. It's not an easy thing. And as you know, 
when you're everybody's got a podcast, right? Claims like, oh, I got a podcast, I got a mm-hmm. podcast. Well, I mean, if you want it to be successful, you got to put money into it. You got to try to monetize it. That's the most difficult part. Dealing with different people here and there. So we do a we're doing a pretty good job on it. And uh, Andy does a lot of that work. So I'm not gonna lie to you. Let's talk some hockey. Blues yesterday. Yeah. What went, what went through your mind after the first three minutes when they were down two nothing? It was going to be a blowout, and I got to do the post game with Frank, and I have to be negative, and maybe I'll get a couple text messages from people saying, "Dude, you were too hard on those guys," but it didn't work that way, man. Like when you get a penalty in the first thirty seconds, it's the biggest buzz kill. But then you get another penalty in another thirty seconds later, and that's a double buzz kill. And then they score in a five on three. Like you're going to give a team like that with all that firepower, Claves. Oh God, Cal McCarr on the point. Like they just toy with you on the power. So within saying that, like after the first couple minutes, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. But they started to figure it out. They found their game, and of course, the big boy Ryan O'Reilly showed up. You know, uh, I was talking to some people last night about Ryan O'Reilly, and and I've watched a lot of Blues hockey in my life. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy that's worn the blue note that's the best player on the ice virtually every night he's there. And we've seen a lot of great players, but every night he's doing something that makes him stand out, Uh, whether he's very good defensively. He scores three goals yesterday. But, man, he is the complete package. And in my opinion, maybe one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League because I don't think he gets the sort of credit and exposure that maybe some other guys do who may be flashier when it comes to scoring goals. But Ryan O'Reilly, to me, is just he's as good of a player as this Blues organization has ever had. And, and look, not only that, like look what he does post game, right? Yes. Like the onus is always on him. Like no, I I take the blame. No, I take the blame. Oh, you want a camera in my face? Go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead. I'll I'll ask answer any question you have for me because this is what I I'm a leader of this team. I'll go up there and I'll bust my butt. I'll do things off the ice in the inner cities of St. Louis, and no one even talks about it because he doesn't want anybody to talk about it. But he goes down in the neighborhoods. He talks to kids in the inner cities, helps them out, and no. He, he just doesn't want any attention. So when you say he's underrated, he likes that because that's how he is. He's just chill. He's cool. And he goes out there and he busts his butt. And he said, I'm going to take this game over. I'm, I got, just got scored on the, on the penalty kill. I'm going to break my stick on the bench. And I'm going to come out here with a fire up my butt. And I'm going to go take this game over like a captain. And that's exactly what he did. Hey, the Blues certainly have the work cut out for him. Uh, I've already said that they should be in playoff mode as we speak. Uh, they, their playoffs are under, undergoing as we're talking now because they don't have much room for error. How do you see it, and do they just have to look at the, the next shift, the next period, compared to who's on the schedule a week from now? You know what you do? You, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. You don't, look, you don't look far ahead. You look like, hey, what, what's going on, like, tomorrow? Like, how, what are we doing in practice tomorrow? Okay, then the next day. What's the next day? Like, that's how you – that's how you think in hockey, man. It's just like every single day is different, and it's, it's something new, and it's something you have to work on. But, man, this team needs to figure a couple things out. Claves are turning the puck over like crazy, and, and they're doing it against the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche team. And, you know, they just they go 100 miles. They're the fastest team in the league, and if yes. you turn the puck over, they're gone. If you take stupid penalties, these teams are going to murder you in the playoffs. So they have some tweaking to do. But this is the NHL. You know this. You're a wily veteran. You've seen a lot. You've been around a long time, Claves, although you do look young. Thank you. You know how hockey <laughs> is. Look at 2012 with L.A. Kings squeaking in. Yeah. And they go and they just dominate because, you know, uh, Jonathan Quick just stands on his head and they're defigured it out and this, that, and the other. So just get into the playoffs and 
you have a ton of winners on this team that know how to do it, and let's just see what happens. But you've got to get there first. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, I've said this before that if they get in, they could be a handful. Yeah, they can because you're well coached and you have winners. And so, like, there's got look, guys are going to step up. Braden Shin's going to start scoring, man. Like, he's just too good not to. David Perron, he's going to figure it out. He, David Perron always goes through this kind of stuff where he'll, like, have them, like, four games where he's just, like, turning pucks over, this, that, and the other, taking offensive zone penalties. But then he figures it out. So a couple guys are going through that rough patch, which you do throughout the season. Those guys are going to come back. They really will. So this team could get dangerous, uh, but they need to start doing it now and start winning some games so they're in a better spot. And, and I would say it starts at the goal line. If your goalie's hot, and, and that's how they're going to get in. If he plays, you mentioned Johnson Quick, which is a great example. But if he gets hot, that's why they can win this thing. If, if yeah. he's just mediocre or just average, then they'll all have a chance to watch playoffs on TV. Yeah, let me know last Stanley Cup winner that had a mediocre goalie yeah, that that's played mediocre. Point. Like, when? You know, especially now. Like, maybe, I don't know. I, I can't think of one. But so, yeah, Bennard's got to play great. But you can't, you can't let up two power plays where he's just like going uh, – Post to post, drain himself out because these guys are passing around like crazy. So, like, help him out a little bit more. I thought Benner made some big, big saves last he night. Did. You can look at you can look at the stats all you want, whatever you want to do, but he made some big, important saves in important times, and that's all you could ask for. But certainly, he's got to be better. The guys in front of him have to be better. And you're right, that's where it starts. Cam Jansen, it was great to see you on with our good buddy Frank Cusimano yesterday. It's great that you have this outstanding podcast, Cam and Strick. When when does it normally drop? Well, we're doing we're starting to do two a week and uh, another week. We got to slow it down because Andy's working and and people fans need to get caught up in all these like Hall of Famers we had on. So uh, this Monday we got Ally Afraidy on. Just had Doug Gilmore. We got a bunch of big boys coming up. So we we drop them on on Tuesdays and Fridays. So check it out. Can't wait. Hey, Cam, good to visit with you, man. Have a great day, and uh, looking forward to seeing you here soon. Right on, man. You the uh, man, Clay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, buddy. He, he's Cam Jansen. I'm Mike Claiborne. Hey, coming up in the next hour, we'll have a chance to talk some baseball on the big league level. We'll visit with Bob Nightingale, the USA Today, and get his thoughts on what he's seeing around the major leagues. Also, of course, we'll visit with John Mosellock, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals. Brianna Halverson is going to visit with us. She is with the St. Louis University women's soccer team. She's a senior defender, and she and her team are back in the NCAA tournament. I remember there was a time when there was a big deal to be in the NCAA tournament for St. Louis U, and the women are now there. We're going to talk with her in the next hour, and we hope you be part of it. We hope you'll be part of it here on Your Voice for the Cardinals, KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.